Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's mentally yours. So we have some news um, for this episode of Mentally Yours. Um, sadly, Ellen is going to be leaving us. She's moving on to pastures new. I'm going to carry on um, hosting um, on my own, sort of on an ongoing basis. But yeah, Ellen, um, yeah, <laughs> that's not a question. It, well, it's, I think it's a difficult question because even when you're introing it, it's like if I were listening, I would be going, oh, my God, did something happen? Or is it a bad thing? It's not <laughs> a bad thing. Fight. We've got a fight. <laughs> I'm just, I'm... I'm changing jobs um and so for the last how many years seven years I've been at Metro um and the last how long have we been doing mentally yours five years three 2017 since 27 yeah so five years long time um so I've been at Metro and doing mentally yours for the last five years um and now I am changing jobs so leaving Metro and thus leaving mentally yours as well um it is not a like sad or bad thing or anything like I'm done with mentally yours I hate mentally yours I love mentally yours um but I think I'm ready for a change and I fully trust that Yvette can you know continue to look after mentally yours and make it as great as it has been and will continue to be but yeah it's all positive it is a bit sad because obviously you will be yeah really missed um I'm kind of a bit disappointed that it's not like some sort of soap opera dramatic thing where I don't know I wish I could pick something one of up. us is, <laughs> one of us has stolen the other's boyfriend or I don't know done something really super dramatic and now we kind of hate each other and I don't know like I say very happy <laughs> to make something up if you want to I think that's a great <laughs> idea um and yeah I agree I, w- I would love some drama but alas it's yeah. very undramatic it's just just ready for a change and yeah. that's about it really so what we thought we'd do in this episode is have a little bit of a chat kind of recap Ellen's time on mentally yours because obviously as we've said it's been five years and um yeah 
kind of talk a bit about favorite episodes, things we've learned, um, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Let's go back to 2017. Do you remember 2017, Helen? Barely. <laughs> Barely. Can you remember sort of um the, the very first episode, but also like around that, why why we wanted to set it up and you know your feelings around it and your hopes for it back then? For sure. So in 2017, I actually started a different mental health thing, which was a online series on Metro called Getting Better. And basically that was all about my kind of mental health journey of realizing, ah, I've had depression and OCD for like the last decade and I haven't really done a thing about it. Um, so I kind of started writing about the process of recognizing that and getting help through medication and therapy. Um, and I did that for, well, actually that must've been 2016 then I did that for about a year. And then coming to the end of that, I thought, um, I've kind of done the talking about myself thing and I just find it very boring now because you can only talk about yourself for so long before you're like, okay, let's hear from someone else. So I really wanted to expand out. And then I think at the same time, you and I were doing something called the conveyor belt, which I was reminded of the other day. Which Which was was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It was very chaotic. It was basically for anyone who hasn't been a long time conveyor belt fan. um, It was a Facebook live show where we were basically it was like a quiz, no? Like we were asking people questions and whoever got the question right would get a random prize, but the prize would be like shit. (laughs) Yeah. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun, but it was completely random. I think it was kind of based on my idea of the old school um, TV shows of like eighties and nineties, where you used to get these prizes going along on a conveyor belt on TV on, I can't even remember the names of those like eighties and nineties shows, but and we really wanted yeah, an actual conveyor belt, but we never got one, which is very no, sad. We didn't, did we? No, but, but um... essentially, yeah, Ellen and I hosted this Facebook Live show, and um, people who were viewing got to yeah answer questions, mm-hmm. and then if we liked their answers, they got sent these prizes. Lots of really random stuff that we got sent to the metro offices. Sometimes pretty good stuff, sometimes just really random stuff. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. a couple of pot noodles as well, which was fun. But um, as part of that, you know, we got a lot of marriage proposals, especially Yvette. So that was fun. But I think we also realized like, this is a good, fun dynamic and we should do something else. And then I think we went, we're both mentally ill, (laughs) so which is kind of the classic connection point. Um, And that kind of came at the same time as I was thinking, I want to do something that's not about my own mental health, but about other people and listening to, you know, real lived experience and also experts as well and I think at the time there really weren't I I think what's great now is that there are lots of mental health podcasts which is amazing but at the time there really weren't many at all um I don't know if there are any in the UK so there's a real like gap that we weren't getting and I think both Yvette and I are big podcast listeners so I think we just kind of went why don't we just make our own and be be the podcast that we wanted to listen to? And then we just started from there. And again, started very slightly chaotic recording in random restaurants and cafes yeah. um, and asking 
everyone we knew, anyone who interacted with us and happened to mention, oh, I'm also struggling with mental health issues, would be like, okay, come on the podcast immediately. Um, and then it just went from there, didn't it? Yeah, at the time, so I was um, head of blogs at Metro. And so I used to commission mm. quite a lot of pieces about mental health. So I had quite a lot of kind of contacts who've, who had written about schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and anxiety, all sorts of stuff for the blog side of things now called platform. Mm -hmm. Is it still platform? Anyway. Platform. Yes. Yeah. So now it's called platform. Um, so yeah, I sort of had a load of those contacts and yeah, we, we used to just meet up at bills and we used to have a chat and, um, the format was slightly different, wasn't it? When we first started, because mm. we also had kind of weird things that my brain is telling me at 3am yeah. as well. Stupid stuff. My brain is telling me at 2am and it had a jingle as well, which I can remember. I won't sing it, but yes, <laughs> that exists also. And also uh, like a thing we were angry about, but I think we swiftly kind of mm. realized that they're just, I mean, although we were angry about quite a lot of stuff to do with mental health stuff, we, we couldn't, manage one like every single week so those two ended up going I think also like we realized you know as fun as that was we were just so much more interested in just listening to our guests um and didn't really want to go okay we'll talk to them for 10 minutes and then we'll do our rant about this or you know whatever we just like you know what let's just chat with them for as long as we want to um and we got really much more interesting you know genuine conversations from that so as much as I liked those formats, I'm glad I'm glad that we dropped them and just went for straight. Let's just hear from people and hear what they think and how they feel. Yeah, people with lived experience. Um, and it's changed a little bit over the years, hasn't it? But tell me some of your kind of, not necessarily favourite guests, although they could be your favourite guests, but guests that sort of stand out in your mind um, during the five years that you've been hosting. So I made a list and it was initially very, very long. Now it's quite long. Um, and I'll kind of, oh my God, no, have I just deleted my note? <gasps> no. Oh wait, no, I found it. I found it. Okay. That was a random panic that you can keep it. Um, so I said that one of my first ones was a really early one, uh, which was Liz Atkins, who basically, I don't know if you remember, she has dermatillomania, which is skin picking disorder. Um, and she kind of explores this by going on the tube and drawing on newspapers and giving out the drawings to different people. Um, and it's quite a weird thing to have a podcast about because it's so visual. And it's like, I, I remember at the time feeling like, everyone needs to look these up once they finish listening to this podcast. But the reason I found it so powerful is because I have had dermatillomania for years and never knew that, never knew that it was a thing um, or that that's what it was called until we were chatting to Liz. Um, and I remember we were just talking to, you know, for the purposes of a podcast, but it came a bit like a kind of therapy session where I was going, oh my God, that's what I do. Like, that's how I feel. Um, and I like to imagine that other episodes might do that for listeners. 
you know, it was a very personal kind of recovery tool initially and I wasn't brave enough to have eye contact with people and I was kind of gathering them up on my lap and then leaving them on seats as I got off the train and more recently I'm now braver at sort of smiling at someone across the carriage or I have a lot of eye contact with people, you know, who wonder what on earth is that woman doing graffitiing a newspaper and I use charcoal so it's very messy and, um, you know, that obviously looks a bit odd on public transport. Uh, so it's become a way of sort of... Um, occupying myself but also advocating for mental health and talking about mental health with strangers every day. You know the fact that I have been writing about and working in kind of mental health journalism for years and I still didn't know or didn't click with what dermatillomania was and it took just that one podcast to be like oh my god like I now understand what this thing that I'm going through is. I think that's a really kind of powerful example of what it can do for our listeners as well. So that I would say is like one of the early ones that I really still think about. And then I'll tell you, I'll tell you some others. Like I say, it's a long list. Um, I love chatting to Alison Raskin just because I've loved her for years. And I think even today, years on, she's still, she's now on TikTok as well. Um, and she'll post about OCD and anxiety um, and it's just brilliant. Like I find myself sending her videos and her content and her illustrations as well. I think she's training to be a therapist now. Um, but I'll forward those to people and go, this is what I'm trying to explain. Like, this is what it's like in my brain. She explains it perfectly. And it was really cool to actually just chat to someone that I've respected for so long. And then the next one was Neil Hilborn. I don't know if you remember this guy. He did um, this poem about OCD that went like mega viral and we spoke to him and he was just fascinating and brilliant. Um, another fascinating, brilliant man is Rick Samada, who, again, I loved because I used to love him from his um, Guardian, like weird gadget reviews. And I think <laughs> if you've ever, have you ever read those? Like the egg one? No, I haven't, I'm afraid. Read them. They're but if you if you read them and then picture going back and being told, okay, this guy wants to talk about mental health. Initially, I was like, well, I'm sure it won't be that much of like a deep conversation because he's the guy that does like reviews about a thing that makes you like a big egg, like sausage. Like surely this isn't going to be a heavy conversation, but it was beautiful. Like the way that he talks about kind of grief and mental health is just really powerful and moving. I was in a major depression at the time and I was living with my mum and I'd stopped working and I'd split up with my partner and everything was going very badly. And then I, I took this trip with my mum because she she wanted to take me to Australia to go scuba diving and then to Thailand to see him. And she introduced me to all these new things for my 30th birthday. It was all just get me away from myself, I guess, a bit. Um, and yeah, it was sort of awful trip, awful trip, awful trip. And then it turned into this amazing trip where we kind of communicated for the first time in a long time. And I was able to open up about things to her and ask her about her childhood and realize that there'd been problems with mental health in our family that I didn't, didn't know about, which sort of explained things to me a bit more. So I love that conversation. I love that it really like just completely challenged my expectations of what, what a person can be essentially. Like someone can be really funny and weird and like writing about, ridiculous things but also have real insight about mental health and mental illness so that was fascinating 
Another one that I loved was Dan Dalton. He talked about LSD microdosing just because I am terrified <laughs> of doing any kind of like LSD or psychedelics. I find that whole thing absolutely horrifying. Um, but listening to him talk about it was so interesting um, and how much it helped him. With my depression not being easily treated with pharmaceuticals, I was excited to try it because I thought this might actually work. Yeah. And then when it did, yeah, it was sort of, I felt vindicated by that. I think the thing with Dan, which was really good, was he was going, I think he literally said, like, I think you're picturing me taking like a full like tab of acid and going, you know, like fully high. And he's like, that's not what it is at all. Um, I'm still too scared to attempt <laughs> what he's doing, but it was really interesting and like really powerful to hear how much it helped him. So it made me, made me slightly open my mind to it, even if I do still. I think, you know how, like, when you're a teenager, they're like, if you do this drug, you'll either die or you'll fall into, um, like, a K-hole and never get out of it. That's the kind of fear that I saw. But he slightly undid that fear, so that was really interesting. Um, what else? Who else have I got on my list? Simin Sarakani mm-hmm. talking about losing her son to suicide, I think is one of the most like powerful, emotive episodes that we've ever done. Um, that was really beautiful. That was really strong. Uh, I think John Barry Waldron talking about working in a mental health unit. I love that on the ward. You know, everybody had to wear masks and we, we had to wear PPE and we had to look after the physical well-being of the patients because obviously you don't want the COVID getting into that environment. And I was very lucky on my ward that there was no patients directly affected with COVID, but we were affected, obviously, the, the measures, the lockdown, and so the patients couldn't leave. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's one of your favourites as well. It was just so great. And his podcast still going? Yeah. But I think he's had a, a recent series out. Um, so, yeah, give that one a listen because it's just really unique. Definitely. Obviously he's got the sort of side that he's a mental health nurse and he's chatting to people who are actually in mental health units. And I think it does a lot to kind of break down the stigma about mental health units, mm. um, especially because there's a lot of fear around them. I mean, um, recently I saw a documentary which was quite scary because, you know, there had been malpractice going on. And it's, um, mm. I think if you watch that and you hadn't been to a mental health unit, it could just put you off. So to actually hear a podcast um, by someone who's worked in them, in them for years um, and the people who live in them um, and, have, you know, have been there and then left them is very helpful because it, it really sort of helps sort of demystify them, destigmatize them. Hugely. And if you think about all the kind of media portrayals of mental health units are kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, girl interrupted. Mm. And that's kind of it. So it's really powerful that we yeah. now have kind of an answer to that of going like, no, this is what it's actually like. And it's not you know, this dramatic, terrifying, scary place. So that's really powerful. Mm. And yeah, Echo, after if, after you listen to his episode of Mentally Yours, <laughs> you should listen to his podcast as well because he's great. Um, next on my list was Becca Caddy. It was all about like phone use, which I just found personally very helpful because my phone use and screen time is insane and not at all healthy. Who else have I got? Joe Perkins, who talked about depersonalization disorder was again just really powerful and fascinating just the kind of frankness of the way that he spoke about what it's like to live with depersonalization disorder essentially it falls on the uh, sort of spectrum of dissociative disorders 
And it can affect different people differently. But the core symptom of depersonalization is essentially a disconnection. It's uh, the, one of the metaphors we would typically use is it feels as if we're drunk all the time. It's one of those things that's so hard to explain and so hard to understand if you haven't been through it. But he actually did a really good job of going, this is what it actually is like to be in my brain for a bit. And I think the episode nailed that. You can listen to it. And even if you don't, even if you've never been through it, you can understand for a minute, like, okay, this is what this person is going through. And that's really powerful. Um, I only have three more, so I probably won't be too long. Um, Dr. Anna Lemke, who talked about dopamine, I just found fascinating. I really like, because I think the thing that I have loved about doing Mentally Yours is that we speak to, I don't, I don't like saying real people because everyone's, everyone's a real person, but we talk to people with we do, though. lived experience. Yeah. Not just experts, yeah. but I do like when we occasionally do talk to experts who are explaining things in ways that I would never understand on my own. Like the way that she talked about dopamine and addiction and the pleasure seesaw kind of thing. I'm making a gesture with my hand, obviously no one can see that. Um, but explaining that you have to um, do something that feels less pleasurable um, to kind of rebalance your dopamine, like taking a cold shower, etc. Just like, that's really stuck with me because it was just so interesting, but like, she's just, you know, super smart, intelligent neuroscientist. So that's fascinating. Dopamine is a chemical in the brain that's in very important to the experience of reward, motivation, and pleasure. Um, we all secrete a tonic level of dopamine. And when we do something that's rewarding or reinforcing, um, we re release more dopamine. So it goes above um, tonic baseline levels. Um, but one of the key aspects um, of our brains is that um, it wants to always restore homeostasis or a level balance. So as soon as we have an increase in dopamine, our brains will actually downregulate our own dopamine production and dopamine transmission, not just back to baseline levels, but actually below baseline levels and put us in a dopamine deficit state. And this is essentially how our brain uses dopamine to regulate um, the reward experience. That was a really fascinating one, wasn't it? If you're thinking about addiction, you want to learn kind of about stuff to do with addiction yeah, that was a really interesting episode because, mm. yeah, I think we both learned a lot from that one. It was definitely challenging as well because there was a lot of stuff that she said that, honestly, I was kind of like, I don't agree with that. Mm. But the expertise and it was a really interesting way to think about it. And I would recommend her book as well as the podcast, which is called Dopamine Nation. And that's all about kind of dopamine's role in um, addiction specifically, but also other mental health issues. So that one's really interesting. Um, I said Madeline Dorr, Productivity Guilt, was fantastic. I love Madeline. I think since chatting with her, I've just become a bit obsessed with her. I think she's brilliant. But specifically on Productivity Guilt, I think is like, is one of the biggest issues of our time. <laughs> I think so many of us are like, just feel awful if we're not always being productive, always doing something. Um, and I think she's doing really important work to make go no, like you actually can rest and you deserve to rest and you deserve to do things that aren't just about 
you know, again, not to go on a capitalist rant again, um, but not just all about contributing to capitalism and making profit. Productivity guilt um, has many, many guises. So it can be that feeling that you're not doing enough, that feeling of a never-ending to-do list that seems to fill back up as soon as you've checked a few things off. Um, it can also be the feeling like you're doing too much and that you're on a productivity hamster wheel and, and can't see the end in sight. Uh, it can also be that feeling that you're you're wasting time or that you're falling behind, especially I think in comparison to others. It's so easy to assume that everybody else is is having a productive day and that there's something wrong with us. And last on my list is Dr. Sarah Woodhouse, who spoke all about trauma again, which was just really kind of challenged my worldview and the way that I view trauma specifically, because I think like many people, I always thought uh, trauma has to be this big, dramatic, huge thing. And if it's not, if it doesn't meet that kind of like barometer of badness, then you're not allowed to call it trauma. A trauma is a reaction. So it's a reaction to any experience that we perceive to be threatening. And that's just a really critical part of the definition because we're in the subjective world of perception, right? What I perceive as threatening is different to what you perceive as threatening. And there are a myriad of things that affect our threat perception, but that's where it starts. So a trauma is a reaction to any experience that we perceive as a threat and that makes us feel overwhelmed and out of control. And that was really like, just personally powerful. Well, like I say, it was it was challenging of what I had always thought. I don't know if you had similar similar views on that one because it was. I've never heard anyone talk about trauma like that. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, um, there's always sort of like the risk of sort of thinking that if someone's got PTSD, that they must have, I don't know, fought in a war zone or yeah, has something in, incredibly exactly that. Like, experienced severe abuse or something but so it was it was actually quite mm. um surprising and kind of shocking I suppose for her to be saying that yeah you could have experienced a trauma I can't remember the example she used but it was something that that felt kind of minor like even sort of moving moving house when you were a kid or something or mm. something that you wouldn't necessarily kind of normally associate with what we think of when we say trauma but it was a really like healing kind of chat because it it Mm. was so it was really powerful to have your kind of experiences validated a bit <laughs> um and gone no like it's okay to be I am very much turning this into a therapy session now but it's okay to be upset and still be struggling with that and I think she said even she said something like say you're at work and you get an email and you find yourself reacting really strongly to that email and you can't really pinpoint what it is that's like pissed you off so much about it or upset you so much it's probably because there's some kind of it's it's linking back to this past event or past trauma and it's triggering you and it's like oh that's fascinating and like I can completely see that um and it's really like changed the way that it's changed the way that I live my life, frankly, because I'm a lot more understanding of myself of going, okay, I am responding in an unreasonable way, but why might that be? And actually thinking about what kind of themes is this picking up on for me? Um, so I think that 
I, I would recommend listening to that episode to anyone for similar kind of life-changing qualities of making you realize, okay, there could be something else going on here that's making me react in the way that I am. Mm. Well, you've already sort of touched on it a bit there, but I'm going to ask you a sort of like the massive question now, mm-hmm. which is um, how are you doing now in terms of your mental health? And um, mm. yeah, I mean, that's the question. How are you doing in terms of your mental health compared to when we started the podcast? I'm a lot more, um, what's the word? I feel more like clued up on it. I feel like when we started, I was very much at the beginning of a mental health journey of just really acknowledging, okay, I have depression and okay, this is also OCD and not really knowing anything beyond that. Um, And over the past five years, I've done a lot of work of kind of understanding myself and you know, a lot through this podcast, speaking to other people who um, are either experts in OCD and anxiety and depression, or have lived experience of it, and learning kind of techniques of how to deal with this and how to live in a better way, um, but also how to show myself like understanding and compassion. So I think I'm a lot more, like I say, clued up and I really can't think of the word <laughs> like intellectual about it. Informed. Informed is the word I'm looking for. I feel a lot more informed about my own mental health and more understanding of it. Um, I'm still, you know, making similar errors as I did when we started such as at the moment I've run out of medication again and I feel like I've spoken about that many times throughout the years of like oh I keep running out of medication and then really struggling so you know maybe next year I will have resolved that issue and no longer do that do that anymore um but I've noticed that when I am running out of medication I now have more techniques that I can use to look after myself and I'm a lot better at recognizing when things are um getting bad or like taking a turn for the worse whereas before I think I think before recording this podcast I could get into quite a severe depressive state or a bad kind of sprint of OCD symptoms and by the time I recognized what was going on I would be very deep in it. Whereas now I feel like I can notice it before. Like if you, if you imagine a big pit before, I wouldn't notice that the pit was there until I was at the bottom of it. Now I can see the pit ahead and I can go, ah, okay, I'm not going to fall directly into that and take steps to walk around the pit or at least make the pit a bit more comfortable I'm really going on this pit analogy. I hope it's working, <laughs> but that's yep, it's good. No, it's good. excellent. But that's how I feel. I feel like I'm a lot more informed and able to handle um, my mental illness. It's still there, obviously, and I'm still on medication for it, and that does help. Um, but I feel like I'm more equipped to handle it as well. And part of that is through doing mentally yours and hearing from other people and learning that expertise. What would you say to anybody who's listening to this, who's kind of where you were five years ago, sort of at the start of, I hate the phrase journey, but at the start of that kind of mental health journey, sort of maybe just read something online, kind of suspect that they might have OCD or they might have depression. Um, what would you say to them? Well, I think even 
at the end of writing like getting better and that would have been like midway through doing mentally yours I wrote a piece that was saying um speaking about my mental illness was the best thing I've ever done and I still believe that I'm still the proudest that's one of the proudest things one of the things that I'm proudest of is being brave enough to go I'm gonna talk about this and talking about this with you know a GP with my loved ones with people that work um and just taking that first step of going I am struggling and I need help and it doesn't matter who you say that to if the GP feels too scary that's okay you can say it to someone that you know will care about you and will help you um you can say it on the internet if that feels easier because I know for me at least it felt it genuinely felt easier to say it online to thousands of people than to just say it to people that are actually knew me but just taking that step and acknowledging what you're going through and saying I do need help I maybe can't I can't continue trying to handle this the way that I'm handling it I need some other kind of support is a really scary step um and I've been there and I've really felt that fear but I will say that the relief that you get once you've done it is it it's incredible and it completely outweighs all of the fear and anxiety about speaking up. Um, and then the help that you can get and how much better you can feel makes it all worth it. So that that's kind of my main message to everyone is take the first step, be brave, say I'm say to yourself first and then say to other people in your life I am struggling the way I'm handling this isn't working for me whether that's you know through using drugs through using alcohol through unhealthy relationships etc even through working too hard I could go on and on there are many unhealthy coping mechanisms making that step to say I'm not handling this in the right way and I need to be doing it differently is scary but so so worth it do that and everything else will fall into place is there anything else you'd like to add is there anything else I'd add um I think just thank you to number one to you Yvette (laughs) for being such a great co-host and for coming up with the idea for this podcast and you know being such a huge part of my work and my mental health journey we'll use that word again journey um also thank you to like all of our guests who have come on and been so honest and open and said really scary difficult things um that have been helpful to us and I really hope have been helpful to our listeners as well so I thank you to all of them and thank you to everyone who's listened over the years and messaged and said that I appreciate this or I enjoyed this. That's really powerful. Obviously I'm saying all of these thank yous and goodbyes, but it's just a goodbye from me because mentally yours will continue and I'll continue to listen to it. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what happens next and how great you guys continue to be. I think um, this is such a great podcast and I'm allowed to say that now because I won't be tooting my own horn. Um, I think it's fantastic and I think it's very needed um yeah that's I think that's about it is there anything else I should say no that's great I'm gonna cry thanks very much (laughs) (laughs) 
okay. I'm gonna cry. I think honestly, you're when, I'll, no, when I'll cry is like is next Monday I'll message and be like, okay, so who who are we recording today? And you'll have to go, Ellen, go away. <laughs> like you're not you're not doing this anymore. That's when that's when it will hit me and I'll be like, oh God, I'm gonna weep. Um, but now I can just kind of pretend like no, it's true. nothing's changing, nothing's changing. Do you want to plug your socials or what you're doing next, or are you not bothered about that? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? I think, I think yeah, we've, if people have been listening. People have been listening. I'm pretty sure if they're not following you, then they should be. So, um, so I am going to work at Stylist. Um, I'm also hoping in the future to be writing some fiction. Yay! So just putting that out there. If I ever do write and publish a book please buy it um you can follow me at ellen c scott that's on twitter and instagram and also you know what you should follow my cat which is babka kitty on instagram um she's great so yeah follow me follow babka kitty and that's it that's it from me so this is goodbye from mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116-123. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to our channel and perhaps even go back and listen to some old episodes. We have many of them. Also, you can get in contact with us. We have a lovely Facebook group which is called Mentally Yours, and we're also on Twitter at MentallyYRS. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.